Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Here's Galchenyuk. Dantanir scores! Gallagher stepping in there, shoots, scores! Galaxy Delchenyuk up for the drop, look he's in the wall, waiting, scores! Hello, monsieur, ladies and gentlemen, Akira Yellow, Bell, 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 Robin, Sidney, Crosby. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net with your host, Chris G. All right, hi everybody. Welcome to season number seven of the Habs 360 podcast for this Saturday. September 24th, 2016. My name is Chris G. And you can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980. We are at episode 179 of the podcast. So you know that we've been there starting our seventh season. And well, we'll be on during every Saturday during the regular season at 2 p.m. Eastern time. There's plenty of ways that you can hear us. You can do it. Uh, via allhabs.net website. You can do it by subscribing to uh, iTunes at Habs360 is uh, the way to do it. You can also listen to us on TuneIn Radio and any other podcast apps that are out there. And we know that there's a lot of them uh, in, the, in circulation. Choose your favorite one. You'll be able to find Habs360 on that one. Join me editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites, Rick Stevens. How are you doing, Rick? Doing great, Chris. Really glad to be back with you. Uh, it's been an awfully busy summer, and uh, we're just happy to, to be here to talk hockey again uh, as we prepare for the, the new season of the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, and for sure, and Rick had a busy off-season, went uh, to a couple of tournaments, and we'll be picking his brain uh, throughout uh, the next couple of episodes, and he'll be able to tell us what he saw in person, uh, part of the Rocket Sports Media team's coverage. Our regular features, they're going to come back as the weeks go on here on the Habs 360 podcast, including the winners and losers of the week. We're going to have great guests. We're going to have contests like we've been having every season, whether it be on the podcast or on Twitter. So stay tuned for more information uh, on all those different features. We're still going to be the most informative. We're going to be the most interactive podcast that you'll find. 
and you'll be able to reach us for the entire season via telephone or a toll-free number via Twitter, at Habs360. And you can also interact with us using the uh, allhabs.net Facebook page. So the, our listeners, our followers, you're the ones that make Habs360 the best Montreal named podcast. I want to keep working on that and keep uh, using you, our listeners, to be part of the show. And the seventh season—that season is something to be pretty proud of. Uh, uh, been around a long time, and so you must be doing something right. I, I think, Chris, you're to be congratulated on that. And given that we're at episode 179, that probably means that there's a pretty special episode coming up uh, sometime this season. So people should stay tuned to that. Yeah, that uh, big episode scheduled for us sometime in uh, in February. By the way, wink, wink. And, well, the longest-running Montreal Canadiens podcast that uh, actually exists right now. So thank you to all our listeners as well. Speaking of big changes, for the Montreal Canadiens, there was a big change during the uh, off-season. And, well, let's listen to uh, the GM, Bergevin, making the announcement himself on uh, June 29th. Today we complete an important transaction which I'm convinced will make the Canadian a better team. He was also one of the most difficult decisions I had to make as a general manager. In return for PK, we acquired a top-notch defenseman in Shea Weber. It was a unique opportunity that was presented to us. Shea is a tremendous leader, a proven player. He leads all NHL defensemen with 14 power play goals last season. He's a complete and reliable defenseman with a great size and powerful shot. Shea will be definitely improve our power play. PK is a special individual and a very talented player. He provides the Canadian organization with outstanding performances on the ice and was a generous contributor to our community. I wish him the best with Nashville. We always listen to offers from other teams if it's going to improve our club. Today we're presented with a unique opportunity to improve our team and I truly believe we took a t- step in the right direction. Thank you. And there was the big announcement, P.K. Subban for Shea Weber. And, well, we're going to start with the P.K. angle first. We're going to talk about uh, Shea Weber's side of the deal uh, later on uh, in a couple of moments here on the, the, um, the podcast. And, well, it all started right prior to the draft. Mark Brezhevain, there was rumors that were coming out. There was even a GM that said that he was contacted about uh, P.K. Subban, but Bergevin came out right before the draft, and he said, you know what, I'm not shopping uh, P.K. Subban before the draft. Am I getting calls? Yes, I am, but when the GMs call me, I don't know what they're, what they're calling about. At the time of the trade, this is how I found out about it. I was actually in, in Cuba in Varadero, to be uh, precise, at the beach, having a good time, you know, open bars, so you're drinking, alcohol's flowing, enjoying the sun. And then it was around, uh, I would say, at uh, 5.55 p.m., went back to the hotel room to freshen up, get ready to go out to eat and drink some more. And while in Cuba, we were able to catch CTV Montreal. So at 6 o'clock, I was like, you know what, let me see what's happening back home. I put on... And who comes on my screen at 6 o'clock exactly? There's no theme music to Paul's, uh, sorry, to CTV News, which there always is. 
at 6 o'clock sharp, Mutsumi Takahashi comes on and she announced the news that Fiki Suban was traded. And at that time, I got to say that I was surprised. I thought I must have been drunk. I thought I was hallucinating things. I had no idea what was going on because, well, I wasn't expecting it that uh, Canadians would actually trade P.K. Subban. And the worst part is the newscast went on for about 10 minutes before they actually said who the Canadians got in return. So that was a lot of... um, I was nervous during those 10 minutes to find out who the Canadians uh, would end up getting in return for uh, P.K. Subban. And honestly, you probably heard me last season on Habs 360 that I thought that Jeff Molson, I, I never thought that he would allow that he would never sign off to a trade uh, involving P.K. Subban, but he did. And let's hear what he had to say a couple of days after that. Uh, no, I'm not surprised uh, how the fans have reacted. I think that P.K. Uh, uh, is uh, a bigger-than-life person on and off the ice, and uh, our fans uh, love him, and still will love him. Uh, and I heard a lot of it on my Twitter account, um, and, and I appreciate that. Uh, but I also appreciate what, I'm, what I've hired Mark to do, and that is to make our team better, and I'm, uh, I'm confident he's done that. Ms. So, Rick, I think I made it pretty obvious on my end. If you put it on a scale from uh, 1 to 10, 10 being extremely, uh, how shocked were you? And, well, you could tell I was clearly a 10. What about you? To be honest, I wasn't, um, I wasn't as surprised as you. Um, we were at the draft. We were at the draft again this year with, with uh, our staff, uh, those who weren't in Cuba. And... Um, and uh, about 50 um, of our readers uh, who won a contest. And, um, you know, it was being reported on, on TV, uh, um, you know, and, and certainly in the Montreal media about the rumors. But when you were there, there was even more of a buzz that uh, you felt that, that something big was happening uh, and that Subban was going to be involved. And uh, when Gary Batman, uh, right when the, the draft began, uh, came to the podium and um, and said we have a trade to announce. Um, uh, it's certainly, all all the Habs fans that I was sitting with, um, we 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 felt okay. Here it goes. Here here's the the PK Subban trade. And and of course it wasn't. Um, it was uh, the Eller and and then um, the the other trade for Andrew Shaw that was announced. So. Um, we're quite surprised. And, and um, you know, Mark Bergevin was, was really active uh, on the trade floor, um, particularly during the first round. Um, he, he seemed to have his sights uh, set on blinders, as it were, for Pierre-Luc Dubois. And, um, um, you know, he was constantly talking with, with Columbus. And, and, you know, many of us thought that, that um, something was going to happen and Subban was going to be involved in some kind of a trade there, but, um, but it didn't happen. And so um, when, it, when it all kind of came out, uh, and it, it came out in a, in a flurry, as Elliot Friedman described, the 23 minutes that changed hockey, um, packaged in with the, the Subban trade, uh, the Subban-Weber trade, uh, was Stephen Stamkos um, uh, returning to the Lightning, as well as the Taylor Hall for Larson trade, 
Um, and, and so I guess the, the, the disbelief was uh, when it all came out so fast and so much at the same time, the disbelief was, is, you know, is, are these fake accounts? Is this true? Is it? Um, so that was, you know, that, that would, that's where the skepticism was. Uh, but as far as PK Subban being traded, um, no, it, that, that, that wasn't a surprise. Uh, the writing was kind of on the wall for that. Well, obviously, uh, PK is, uh, you know, he's an offensive defenseman and a risk taker, and that's made him successful. That's the way he plays the game. He doesn't want to change that, and I respect that. I respect the way that he plays the game and, and the type of enthusiasm and, and his ability to, to, uh, to raise fans out of their seats. That's, that's a special gift that not very many player, players are able to do. Um, but the way the way we're coached on our team, the way our team is structured, that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for a, a steady type of defenseman that makes quick plays and um, and is able to move the puck right away. Um, you know, Shea fits that bill perfectly. And there's Carey Price is speaking to Ali Friedman, uh, talking about uh, PK Subban not fitting in uh, to the Canadian system. I would say during the off season, at uh, at different moments, whether it be um, Mark Bergevin, whether it be Michel Terrier, they said that well the trade was made because well it's not every day you have a chance to acquire somebody like uh, like Shea Weber. Price, he said that he doesn't fit the system, and to me I think that there's a little bit more to this than what we're told. I think it's more than just a chance of acquiring Shea Weber. And I think there's a little bit more than just the, uh, the the system. I think that Montreal didn't like all the attention that Piki Subban was drawing uh, on the rink and uh, off the rink, whether it be uh, for his personal brand, his uh, the the charity work, basically everything that he was doing was involved to hockey. And even on hockey, all the reporters, all the attention was coming to uh, to Piki Subban. After every game, after every practice, he was always making uh, a lot of noise. Rick, what do you think? Do you think there's um, more than meets the eye on why this trade was done by the Canadians? Well, certainly it, it, um, it's the entire package. And if P.K. Subban had been drawing all that attention, I mean, Dean Fleury attracted a lot of attention. If P.K. Subban had been attracting all that attention and doing his brand and all of that, and, and uh, producing on the ice and leading in, in the dressing room and, and being the top player for the Montreal Canadiens as he was being paid for, then the Canadians wouldn't have had a problem with that. The fact is, he wasn't. Uh, and the fact is that um, Terry Price said it absolutely right. P.K. Subban has the ability to bring um, – fans out of their seats. Why? Because there's an emotional bond. P.K. Subban is a celebrity. He's a celebrity before he's a hockey player. There's an emotional connection with the fans more than there is a respect for his play. Um, P.K. Subban is one of the top 10 defensemen in the league. Um, P.K. Subban isn't at the World Cup of Hockey for a reason. Shea Weber is at the World Cup of Hockey because he's one of the top three defensemen in the league. Shea Weber is a better defenseman than, than P.K. Subban is. Shea Weber is a better leader 
thing, P.K. Subban is. Um, but I understand that fans have this real strong, um, passionate, emotional attachment to P.K. Subban. Um, but it's, you know, and I think there was more to it in that, you know, um, P.K. Subban um, said, over and over and over again, that hockey was a very, 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 and he used about 20 very small part of his brand and who he is. I think Mark Bergman wanted players who hockey is everything. They live and breathe hockey, and that's Shea Weber. Um, I, I think that, that um, you know, there was, there was mention made about P.K. Subban not being terribly upset when, when, um, they lost or those kinds of things. I don't, I don't know if that's, if that's the right way to look at it. It's more about um, how much does hockey mean to you um, and how much are you, are you willing to give for hockey? And I think, I think in that respect, um, Shea Weber is head and, toes, uh, you know, head and shoulders above um, um, P.K. Subban. And uh, a lot of Story speculation come out when the Canadians, well, when a team isn't successful, not only the Canadians, any professional sports team in general. So last year, we all know Canadians had a horrible season, and all these speculation, all these rumors were coming out that there was a rift in the dressing room, uh, the, the, the dressing room was separated, etc. And well, to me, I was like, you know what? One day we'll find out the truth, if it actually is. I'm not the type who's going to make a judgment and say, yes, it's happening for sure. No, it's not happening for sure, unless I see it uh, for myself. And obviously I hadn't. But I'm thinking more and more, when I saw this trade, I was like, uh, you know what? That speculation was probably right. P.K. Subban was probably becoming a uh, distraction to his dressing room. And Rick, we even saw it at the end of, the, on garbage day last season, all that talk, the separation between uh, Subban and uh, Max Pacioretty, P.K. Subban ended up giving him a hug. But after that, after the trade was done, everybody was saying the right things when it comes to that, uh, you know what, we had no issues with, uh, with P.K. Subban, everything was fine, and all of that was, um, was invented. Is that everybody just trying to be, I guess, not trying to burn any bridges? Well, I, I think that there's things that there's lots of things that um, that players learn to say when a microphone is put in front of their face. Um, they learn to say the right thing. They learn to use cliches. Um, I, I think when they were asked, everybody was, yes, you know, PK Subban. We we had no problem with PK Subban. But after the trade was done. Um, Spontaneously, how many of the Montreal Canadiens via social media reached out to P.K. Subban? Um, the only one initially was Dale Weiss, uh, a former Montreal Canadian. Um, and we know that, that uh, Dale Weiss was probably P.K.'s closest um, friend on the, on the team. Uh, we know that, that Team Meals, we know when they, they hung out, um, that that the team leadership was was all together, but often it was Subban um, and Weiss and some of the, the the younger players that were together. PK Subban wasn't, you know, he he 
he didn't have a lot of close ties. A lot's made of, of uh, you know, a connection with, with uh, Carey Price. But, you know, I think that's just a, uh, there wasn't a genuine necessarily friendship there. I think, um, you know, Carey Price has a stronger friendship uh, with, uh, with Alexei Emelin than he, than he did with P.K. Subban. Um, so I, yeah, there was, there was some of that, that rift, um, as it were, you could see in the way that players, um, reacted when the spotlight wasn't necessarily on them. Um, there was, there was ways to read that, um, other than the, the, the canned answers that they would, um, uh, put out in a, in a media scrum. And while when P.K. Subai went over to Nashville, here's a quick uh, clip of uh, P.K. Subai, and I just want to draw attention to the words that uh, P.K. said in his quote. I've always felt wanted by the fans and the community there. Um, you know, on the business side of things, I mean, the Montreal Canadiens paid me a lot of money uh, two years ago to, to do what I do for a living. And uh, at the end of the day, I just wanted to come in and do my job. Um, but Obviously, right now I'm going to a team that wants me. And so, Rick, I don't know. Maybe I'm making this a little bit simple, but to me, this sounds like PK Subban telling the fans, "Thank you for giving me all this money through my contract." I, I mean, um, a masterful job was done uh, by PK and and his agent, uh, his whole team, in creating the celebrity. The 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 year that he was in, or the summer that he was in contract negotiations with the um, with the, the Canadians. He was seen everywhere. He was at every event. He was with every celebrity. Um, and and that 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 support from the fans um, helped give him the contract uh, that he has today um, and helped, um, you know, uh, Mark Bergevin probably go a lot further than he really wanted to go in giving him that contract. Uh, so Subban does have a lot to be grateful for, uh, for his fans. And I'm sure many uh, in Montreal will, will continue to follow him and continue to support him, uh, even though he's now part of the Predators organization. And, and going back to, uh, to that day where the trade was announced, uh, back to my famous CTV Montreal story, I should probably charge them for all these plugs that we're giving him on today's episode. Uh, they went and they were speaking out to, to the fans as soon as the trade was announced. And nobody was uh, w- was happy about that trade, at least the people that they, uh, that they spoke to on uh, social media. Fire Brejavin was trending. Uh, Jeff Wilson was getting messages like we heard in the clip earlier on uh, on Twitter. And one thing that I think P.K. Subban did is he brought in the casual hockey fans and made them watch the Montreal Canadiens, and that's exactly I think what the Montreal Canadiens wanted. And going back to my uh, to my store in Cuba that night, that evening, that uh, P.K. Subban got traded, and we were in a restaurant in Varadero, and I was there with uh, with my friends, and there was three tables in the restaurant that they didn't know each other, and they were all talking about the P.K. Subban trade amongst each other. So just picture that. You're, you're in Cuba, far away from Montreal Canadiens, and, well, there's three tables altogether, about uh, 10 people who didn't know each other, 
talking about that uh, that PK Subban trade. But that being said as well, props for Subban saying that he'll be continuing to contribute to the to the children's hospital that he'll fulfill his uh, pledge. And the good thing about PK Subban is that he's gonna go to Nashville. He's gonna help Nashville grow the game of hockey in uh, in that market. And one interesting note to finish off on a P.K. Subban conversation is that he's going to miss the start of training camp. So who knows? Is it still a side effect of uh, the injury he suffered at the end of last season here on the ice in Montreal? So that would be interesting to see as well. Uh, we're going to take our first break on the other side. Canadians, they got Shea Weber. He's a great defense, and we'll talk about him, him next. This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs 360 podcast and Anthony from r2canvas.com are pleased to announce the return of the Habs contest this season. The contest will run during every Habs home game in the regular season and will give you the opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of r2canvas.com. Listen to the Habs 360 podcast and follow Habs 360 and Habs Happy on Twitter for more details. And for high-quality canvas art at a reasonable price, visit r2canvas.com. Good luck. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. This is the Habs 360 Podcast. Featured on allhabs.net. When you got an opportunity uh, uh, to get a guy like Shea Weber, you got to really think about it. And, uh, and the price to pay for uh, having an all-star defenseman with one gold medal who's got a really important role for Team Canada, we all the respect this guy's got in the NHL, tough guy to play against. He's at his peak of his career. You know, can't forget that this guy was the best defenseman in the NHL, scorer in the power play, scoring 14 goals. Uh, those are tough decisions. I'm not PK Subban. I'm not going to try and be. Uh, I'm going to bring my 
um, my hard work and, and attitude and, and try and bring this team um, in some wins. I mean, the, the biggest thing I want to do is win, and I know that they've got a good base there, uh, obviously one of the best goaltenders in the world, some top-end forwards, and I'm, I'm just excited to be joining that group. All right, welcome back to episode 179 of the Habs 360 podcast. My name is Chris G at Chris G1980, along with uh, Rick Stevens. You can follow him on Twitter at uh, AllHabs. Thank you for listening. Season number seven debuts today. And we just heard from Michel Terrier from his golf tournament earlier in the summer. And then we also heard uh, Shea Weber in his conference call talking about joining the Montreal Canadiens. So, Rick, we were talking about... Uh, primarily P.K. Subban in the, the first segment. But if we take a look at Shea Weber, the Canadians got a pretty good defenseman in return. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. More than a pretty good defenseman, as as I think, um, uh, well, uh, Coach Terry had said, uh, uh, taught the top defenseman in the league and um, um, at the peak of his career. Um, and... Uh, you know, you, you go around the, the NHL and you ask people, and, and um, uh, Weber's always in the top three um, if, if you're asking them their opinion of defensemen. Um, you see that, uh, you know, he's, he's on the, the top uh, pairing in the, uh, the World Cup of Hockey, on the top team in the world. Um, and uh, you know, he's, he's, you, you talk to players and they talk about how difficult he is to play against. Um, and, you know, there's lots of, lots and lots and lots of PK Subban fans out there who, you know, had their t- tweets ready uh, prior to even the World Cup starting and just automatically, you know, put them out there about how slow he is and how he can't get the puck out of the net, out of the zone and blah, blah, blah. But, um, I, I hope those those uh, Canadians fans will just kind of shelf that and and really enjoy watching, because um, his teammates are going to appreciate uh, Shea Weber, particularly Carey Price, and we've heard Price uh, say that already throughout the World Cup um, about Shea uh, um, Weber in front of him, um, and you know. As, as you mentioned, I spent uh, a lot of my summer in arenas at one event or the other, uh, and I had a chance to, to talk to a lot of NHL scouts and, and NHL execs, and you ask them the question, um, would you give up P.K. Subban to get Shea Weber one-to-one? And uh, I don't remember anyone who said no. 100% said yes. You, you, you make that deal. Um, you... Um, you give up Subban to get Weber. Turn that question around and say, would you give up Shea Weber off your team to get P.K. Subban? And there's all sorts of hesitation. Mm, well, uh, well, if we needed to, well, if, if the situation, well, um, it's, it's very different. And I understand Nashville was willing to do that. They've got a, you know, they've got uh, – some other pretty solid defensemen, um, but they are 20th in attendance last year. They were 20th in attendance in the league, and P.K. Subban is just the kind of celebrity who's going to come to, to Nashville and get um, 
that area turned on to hockey. Um, so there's, there's, there's different reasons to, um, to bring in a PK Subban, but if you're looking at hockey reasons, it's Shea Weber. Um, and I, I hope fans give him the chance to uh, show the kind of defenseman he really is. Uh, and we saw it, I think it was like either a week later or maybe even less than a week later after the trade was announced, we saw P.K. Subban, there's a clip there circulating on social media where he goes on stage at a bar and he starts singing uh, country music. So for sure, in terms of marketing for Nashville, P.K. Subban is probably the best player that they could have gotten to uh, try to help grow the game. When it goes to Shea Weber and that whole trade, in the beginning, everybody was bashing the trade for the reasons you mentioned, the speed, he's getting older, etc. But it seems to me that uh, when you're, even before the World Cup, I thought it started, and it's, even with the World Cup now, I think it's changing more and more that we're not seeing those, those tweets anymore on uh, social media. It seems that people are finally starting to embrace uh, Shea Weber, and it's it's weird to say because he hasn't even played a game yet for the Montreal Canadiens, and well, that's how it seems that it's uh, that it's going. We've seen him at the World Cup, a lot of compliments from everybody, from Babcock, from other players on uh, the team. It's it's all been positive for Shea Weber, and I think how Shea Weber will help the team is uh, in the dressing room when it comes to to leadership. It's clear to me that Mark Prejeve, the Canadian brass, uh, thought that the lack of leadership in last year's room is what probably cost them a, a very, very bad season, and obviously the Gary Price. And, well, I think Shea Weber will help Max Pacioretty become a better captain. He's going to help Brendan Gallagher in developing, because Brendan Gallagher, he's a leader on a team, and there was even serious talks, conversations that maybe even Brendan Gallagher should have been the captain from um, from last year because, like we saw last year in November, when Carey Price went down, so did the Canadian season. The season was over. Shea Weber, he's going to help on the power play as well. He's he scored 20 goals last year. In the last three seasons, and, and sorry, 14 of those 20 goals were were on the power play. And if you look at his last three years, average, he was scoring 20 goals per season and more or less 10 power play goals a year, which is more than what P.K. Subban scored last year as well. And I think one more thing that um, Shea Weber will bring, I think he's going to be a better mentor for the rookies, for the young defense of the Canadians coming up, the Nathan Bowyers. Uh, okay, I'm going to mention another name that Rick won't be happy, Mark Barberios, <laughs> that are coming up to the Canadian system. We have the Noah Jolson, we have the Shergechevs, uh, all these names that are coming up um, in the system. So I think Shea Weber will be a better leader for, for them as well. Rick, there was also talk when the trade happened and this this still happens as well when it comes to the contracts of both players and the age of both players. Shea Weber, he's uh, four years older than uh, P.K. Subban, and he has four years long more left in his contract. So Shea Weber has 10 years 
remaining in this contract at a cap hit of $7.8 million, where P.K. Subban has six years left at $9 million. And I got to say, Rick, that I'm part of that boat where I think the Canadians, short-term, they're going to come out, I think, uh, the winners of the trade. But then at the longer term, I still have my doubts on it. Well, um, and, and, and that's just it, that um, PK, uh, or, um, Che Weber is not going to be here in 10 years. He's not going to be in Montreal in 10 years. Uh, Mark Bergevin is not going to be here. Carey Price is not going to be here. Um, uh, this, this is done for the short term. This trade was done for the short term to, um, uh, to the, the three-year window, whatever it is, uh, well, while Shea Weber is at his peak, while Carey Price is at his peak, um, and the you know the caveat is that that uh, Nashville is on the hook for if 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 Shea uh, Weber doesn't finish out his contract, they're on the hook for uh, those years of the contract um, that he doesn't fulfill. Um, but but you have to know that that this is this was done for the short term. Um, so those who are comparing, well, you know, what are they going to look like seven years out? It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. And Rick, how many years did we hear the comparison uh, Lars, Eller, Lars Eller for Halak? I was like, well, like at least four years, three, four years we heard that. How long, how long are we going to hear it for Weber and P.K. Suba? I think we're going to hear it for at least 10, 15 years. That's oh, comparison. absolutely. Yeah, they're they're, they're uh, they'll be connected for uh, forever. Uh, unfortunately, and uh, you know we saw it. Uh, you know, where's Shea Weber? How come he hasn't been to Broussard yet? How come he hasn't? All those kinds of things. They're different people. They're different. They're different players. They're different. Their focus is different. Um, uh, so I think it's unfair to make that connection. And I think uh, at least. The only way for the Canadians to win the trade, and when I mean to win the trade, I'm talking strictly in the eyes of the fans who are who are Montreal Canadiens fans, is the Montreal Canadiens win the cup with uh, Shea Weber in the lineup, and obviously Canadians would have to do that uh, before Shea Weber, uh, sorry, before P.K. Subban does that in Nashville. If the Canadians win the cup, Shea Weber's on the roster, I think the whole fan base will say, you know what, this was a... Uh, this is a good trade. So we're going to look at, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to mention that, um, you know, there, there's the Halak, uh, Eller connection, but there was also, um, the Halak. Remember Halak was the popular, uh, one at the time. There was also the connection between, uh, Halak and price. And, um, who's, who's won that pretty handily. Um, uh, although, and, and eventually, uh, the Halakites have have come over. Even even good old Tony Marinero seems to have come over mm. uh, to uh, Carey Price, even though he was violently opposed at the time. And uh, well, just going back to the defense, we're going to go through the complete picture on defense uh, in one of the upcoming episodes before the uh, the beginning of the regular season, but. The Hab360 Twitter account did post up a poll question that's pinned on our profile. And we're asking our followers, you, our listeners, 
who should play on defense with uh, Shea Weber to start the season. So I put uh, three options. Uh, Nathan Bollier, Andre Markov, those seem to be the two front runners, and then the third option is others to be, you know, anybody else um, on the Canadiens roster. So Rick, I'm going to ask you the same question, except I'm going to make it one a little bit harder for you, right? Because if it was easy, it'd be boring. I'm removing right. the uh, I'm removing the other option for you. So I'm just telling you now, it has to be either Bollier or Markov. If it was, if you're the coach, or actually, no, let's say you're an MP in Michelle Terry's brain, uh, who do you think starts on that number one pairing? Markov. I didn't even have to think about it. I just, I'm, I'm, I, I understand, and and I think again, it it goes back to a bit of an emotional connection, um, because there's a lot of anti. Let's be, let's be honest. There's a lot of anti uh, Andre Markov. Uh, chatter out there from fans and particularly the, the media, uh, French media. Um, but, but show me, give me a reason, give me a reason for uh, Nathan Beaulieu uh, to, to, uh, to, to fit into that spot. Um, he played 17 and a half minutes uh, a game last, last season. Um, that's six and a half less than Markov averaged. Um, he, the, the points, you know, Beaulieu had 19 points, Markov had 44. Um, you know, Markov, if, if you think he had a bad season last year, he was, he was right there with, with PK Subban. So, uh, just one goal less than Subban. Um, Markov had two more power play goals than, than did Markov or than did Subban. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I just don't, I don't understand, um, the reasoning, um, I, can he work into it over the course of the season? Uh, can he work his way up? Um, sure, sure he can. Um, but I think, uh, look at, look at Markov had a, had a pretty solid tournament uh, at the World Cup for Russia, playing against the best players in the world. He's uh, the smartest um, non-Terry Price person on the team. He, he has the best vision. Um, I think uh, he and, and Weber, and again on the power play, would would uh, would be a pretty potent pair. Um, can Nathan Beaulieu, you know, grow into that? That absolutely. But I'd rather see Beaulieu and and Emelin, um compete and and uh, you know uh, go back and forth for that second and third pairing rather than tossing uh, Nate right into the fire on the first uh, pair with uh, Boucher Weber to start. Uh, 70% of the, the respondents on Twitter did uh, vote for Nathan Bollier. And I got to say, Rick, that I'm leaning uh, towards that direction as well. And I think it's mostly one argument that could come up is that is to manage Markov's minutes. So you mentioned that Markov played six and a half more minutes than Bollier did last year. Well, I think that's one of the reasons why you put Bollier up there to try to manage Markov's minutes, who's playing in the World Cup. And remember last year, at the, it was around December, January, Markov's play went down. He had a bad stretch over there, and then he finished off strong again at the regular season. Maybe it's a tactic to, uh, to get him a little bit more consistent uh, throughout uh, throughout the regular season, 
And well, hopefully the Canadians will make the playoffs and we'll need him to play even more during that um, that final stretch. So we still have plenty of time to discuss this and for me to be able to prove Rick that he is wrong. So uh, <laughs> if you haven't done it yet, you can still vote on our poll question at Habs360. It is the pinned uh, tweet on uh, the uh, profile. We're going to take a break. There was more moves done during the offseason. Canadians acquired Radulov, Andrew Shaw, and, well, we're going to talk about those trades and more. This is the Habs 360 podcast, net. Habs 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs 360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs 360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. Don't live close to Montreal? Ever feel like you're the only Habs fan in town? Chances are good that there are plenty of fellow fans just around the corner. And HabsTweetUp.com will help you find them. If you're interested in hosting a hockey party in your city, visit HabsTweetUp.com for more details. You'll be connected to other Habs fans near you in no time. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. This is the Habs 360 Podcast, featured on allhabs.net. Montreal trades Lars Eller to Washington in exchange for Washington's own second-round picks in 2017 and 2018. Eller to Washington for two seconds. We have a second trade. See, this is fun. Chicago trades Andrew Shaw to Montreal for Montreal's own second-round pick in 2016, the 39th pick, and Minnesota's second-round pick in 2016, number 45, which was previously acquired. Andrew Shaw to Montreal for two seconds. All right, episode 179 of the Habs 360 podcast. My name is Chris G, along with Rick Stevens from uh, allhabs.net. We heard Gary Bettman 
announcing, which was pretty much a three-way trade between the Canadians, the Blackhawks, and the Capitals. We'll make it simple. Lars Eller for uh, Andrew Shaw. And, well, I guess everybody agrees that we probably would have preferred if somebody like David Diagne would have been traded before Lars Eller. So we'll, we'll, we'll put that as an assumption. But when you heard, you were actually in the building when Gary Bettman made that announcement. We heard some booing in the background. Was that you? <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was all me. Um, no, it was, actually, it was uh, uh, several of the the players that, or several of the fans that uh, were in our section, uh, Canadians fans. Um, it, it's it's an odd trade. It's 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 and and. I would encourage you, I know it's easy to think Eller for Shaw. However, uh, those two, the, the, the second round picks that were exchanged are not equivalent. Um, the Canadians got two late, very late second round picks um, from, the, from the Capitals. So think third round. In 2017 and 2018, for Shaw... They had to give up two very early, uh, so think late first round picks uh, to get to to Chicago to give uh, to get Shaw. Um, yeah, and and so it left the Canadians um, without a second round pick. Um, I, I don't I don't know what what's up with with uh, Mark Bergevin, but that's three years in a row uh, without a second second round pick. Um, the the um, Blackhawks went ahead and picked up uh, Alex DeBrincat and um, Chad Chris, the defenseman, both of, who I've seen and both who um, would have fit nicely um, with with the Canadians. Um, I understand that Shaw's a character guy. I understand that 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 was part of the whole remake, the summer remake of the Montreal Canadiens, and and Terrian's going to love Andrew Shaw. Put him on the first line. Put him on the fourth line. Um, but then to give him a a six-year deal, uh, a deal that's that's richer than than Brendan Gallagher's deal, um, I, I gotta say that I don't. You know, I understand from Washington's uh, perspective, uh, they bring in one of the best um, defensive uh, uh, forwards who can play that third line. Uh, who can chip in uh, offensively, who's uh, great on face-offs, great in the possession game, um, and for uh, you know, um, a, cont- a Stanley Cup contending team, which Washington should be next year, um, you know, Eller is going to contribute um, and fill that hole that they had. Um, I don't understand the Canadians. Um, you know, that third, li- third line now is uh, you've got a uh, suspect David DeArnay, or uh, do you have a uh, you know um, unproven Mike McCarron? Um, I don't know. That's that's going to be the line to watch uh, this season, I think. Um, I think probably one of the main reasons. Well, actually, here let, let's hear uh, Bergevin tell us himself. Why Shazi? Because I I believe in leadership and character. He's won two Stanley Cup, only played five years in the league. He's a proven winner, and I know he could help our dressing room. So once again, I think it's it's the leadership that aspect of this that Mark Bergevin is trying to address, whether it be with acquisition of uh, 
of Shea Weber or Shaw, it seems that's all the gap that he's trying to to fill. And you're talking about Shaw on the third line. We heard Michel Terry mentioning this week that he's probably going to start on, the, on a second line, and I agree that Shaw doesn't belong on a second line, but with the current roster of the Canadians, maybe there's uh, not much of a choice uh, for him to play there. An advantage, a plus for Andrew Shaw, is that he could play all three forward positions, whether it be on the wing at, or as a center. When it comes to his contract, I wasn't crazy about the length of the contract uh, either. I thought it was a little bit uh, too long for Andrew Shaw, but who knows uh, how that uh, how that turns uh, turns out. But if you look at it, Rick specifically on the ice, let's forget about the draft picks, etc. You think Andrew Shaw is an upgrade to uh, to Lars Eller? No. It, he's, a, he's a different kind of player um, who's going to fit in differently than, than, than Lars Eller will. Um, so you're, you're, you're filling a hole uh, on one side and creating another hole on the other side. Um, so I, that, that's why the comparison is, is, is difficult. Is Andrew Shaw better in the, in the dressing room than Lars Eller? Of course. Um, and you know, does he make um, make your your lineup tougher to play against? Sure, he does. But uh, you know, are you are you duplicating? Um, can so could somebody else have filled in uh, that role? Um, I don't know. I, you know, I, I would have liked to have seen both Shaw and Eller, um, and and it'd be David Darnay or someone else out. Um, but but. It didn't go that way. Um, you're right. Shaw's going to start off. Um, Tarion um, seems to indicate Shaw's going to start off with Placanis and Rad- Radulov. Um, don't count out Arturi Lekanen. Uh He was terrific at the rookie camp. Um, and he's um, right now with Max Pacioretty uh, still returning from the World Cup. Uh, Lekkonen has been filling in beside uh, Alex Galchenyuk and Brendan Gallagher and hasn't looked out of place. Uh, Lekkonen is um, he's, he's mature. Um, he's, um, he's probably the most likely uh, to be able to step into this lineup and dislodge someone else uh, from their spot. But uh, I was probably probably today was the, the July first. I, I was the more most aggressive one, and sometimes players flat out told me I will not play in Montreal, and that was the end. So there was never negotiation. So there's players that won't play here, but there's other players that will play here. And at least Rick, based on the the rumors that were out there uh, from credible sources, I would agree that Mark Bergevin seemed to be the most aggressive that he's been on July first, and we've seen him. Uh, during his tenure in Montreal, there was talks coming really close of getting Milan Lucic to come here to Montreal, and there was a couple of other players as well. But the player that they ended up signing was uh, Radulov on July 1st, a one-year contract, a bit less than uh, $6 million. And we all know Radulov, the past that he's had in the NHL. He hasn't played in the NHL since uh, 2012, where he played only nine games. He went over to the KHL and he's been averaging over 
a point a game over there in the KHL. So Radulov seems to be the uh, low-risk signing of the year that Brezhnev seems to be doing every year. Last year, it was uh, Alex Simmons. So do you think that Radulov uh, will do the job that Canadians need, which would be a, a top-six forward on the right wing, which we've all identified was a gap for the team last season? Yeah, I think so. I, I think uh, rather unfairly, you know, uh, a lot of people have have uh, who haven't followed his progress and his development in the KHL, um, you know, think back to um, and and equate uh, Radulov to his, um, you know, some of his missteps in in the NHL, and and um, that's doing him a disservice. Uh, he's a different player now. He's more mature. Um, I think it was a great signing. I really do. Um, I think uh, if if uh, our our friendly coach can um, allow him to do what he's what he's good at, uh, he'll uh, he'll thrive on on uh, the second line. Um, uh, you know, scrimmages are are um, uh, not ne- necessarily indicative of of what's going to happen in the regular season, but it's been good in the, the two scrimmages that we've had at the, the Canadians training camp to see Radulov so involved. Um, it's been kind of a low scoring uh, affair. There's only been four goals scored in the two games, in the two scrimmages uh, so far, but Radulov has been involved in three uh, of those goals. Um, yeah, he's had two goals and an assist. Um, so, uh, and one of them was on a penalty shot. So I think he's going to be, um, uh, you know, keep him happy, give him, give him minutes, give him power play time. Um, he's going to be uh, successful. And, and he's got something to prove, right, coming back to the, to the NHL. And, and he'd ra- rather stay here. And he's looking for a, a longer-than-one-year contract that he got from the Canadians. So um, I, I think he can make a positive impact as long as he's, He's used properly uh, in the lineup. I think it was a good signing as well. And you mentioned he looks very engaged so far in the scrimmages. And hey, like honestly, if he scores twenty goals or or more, I'll be I'll be happy with uh, with Alex Radlov. And like you mentioned, I think he's also going to help out the the power play, an extra uh, gun for the the Canadians. Uh, Rick, in last year's episode, uh, you mentioned that while Canadians fans were waiting for Mark Bergevin to finally put his stamp on a team because, well, all the big assets, whether it been Subban, Galchenyuk, uh, Price, etc., all came from the previous uh, regime. Today we spoke about, I would say, the major moves that were done during the, uh, the offseason. Uh, do you think right now that Mark Bergevin has finally put his stamp on the Montreal Canadiens. So I, what you're saying is I dared him to do something and he finally did. Is that, so, is that right? We we know that he listens. We know that the Canadians, we Mark Bresch, yeah. Michel Temme, they're, they're fans of the show. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, of course. I, I think that, that um, you know, he, he couldn't, he was kind of uh, working within the, the, uh, the framework that he had inherited. Um, but now I think this is this is the team that that uh, this is the team that he's 
he's put together. Uh, this most reflects um, his wants, his personality, let's say, um, the, 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 the leadership aspect. Um, so, yeah, the, 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 the big moves were Adjilov, um, Shea Weber, Andrew Shaw. Um, and the, the, one, I, the one move that we haven't talked about, which may turn out to be the biggest move, biggest off-season move, was bringing in Kirk Muller as an associate, as an associate coach, not an assistant coach. And, and we, we heard even uh, Michelle Therrien had trouble with that. Uh, he said that he, this week saying he had to get used to calling um, Muller a co-coach. Um, Kirk Muller had a big impact um, on the, that playoff run with Jacques Martin. Um, Kirk Muller is, is a, a very respected coach. He's a very respected former Canadian. Um, uh, this could be, this could be Mark Bergevin's biggest move. Let's, let's see how it plays out and, and how um, Muller and Terrian work together. Uh, but let's keep an eye on that. I think it could be his biggest move. And, and again, putting his stamp on the, on the team. Yeah, I think that uh, Bergevin did make the moves to say that now this is really his team. And a trade like the Weber and Subban can even define what uh, Bergevin's career will look like from uh, uh, from now uh, from now going forward. Uh, well, let's go to our um, to our Twitter account where we had lots of questions. We spoke about a lot of things during today's episode. Uh, we asked who should play the number one pairing with uh, Shea Weber. We got uh, Todd Tominder. Who, who is an official in the Quebec Junior Hockey League. He writes, Bowyer. Uh, M.T. Lian says, Sergeyev. So we're going to talk about Sergeyev next, but, you know, he wasn't part of the question. Uh, Bill Gardner from Belleville, he writes, our number one deep drafted this year should make the team to learn the ropes as Weber did. So apparently he doesn't remember Sergeyev's name. Uh, Keith Binding writes, Bowyer. Uh Blaine from uh, from the AllHabs.net team, he asks, I'm dying to have the day's burning question answered. Is Bowyer ready? And, well, I think uh, Rick answered his opinion on that early on in uh, today's uh, episode. And uh, Trollbus Driver, quite the Twitter handle, wrote that uh, Markov should play with, uh, with Shea Weber. Uh, we also asked, uh, should uh, did Mark Bergevin finally put a stamp on his team on Twitter? Uh, v. Menexis just replied, ha, 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 ha. So he doesn't seem to be uh, impressed. And Rick, I think on the allhabs.net Facebook page, we did get a, a comment on that as well. Absolutely. Um, and... Uh you should notice that we've uh, had a change to our Facebook page and you can find it at facebook.com slash all habs. So it's just all habs, all one word, whether you're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we can find us anywhere on that page. um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Emily Sinclair is a uh, PKC band fan. She says, uh, no, uh, Bergevin is a curse. Uh, So I'm guessing I'm guessing she's a little disappointed with his uh, his move trading PK Subban. So thank you very much, everybody, for your uh, tweets, uh, the comments on Facebook, voting for the poll, 
etc. So lots that went on during the off season. There's still lots looking to go forward, looking forward to. Canadians this week are playing three exhibition games, so we're going to see a lot of the, the rookies and the youngsters on ice, especially since uh, six of the Canadian players are still playing in uh, the World Cup. There's a goaltending battle. Uh, we're going to talk about that. There's a battle for depth players, like Rick mentioned earlier. There's a lot of defensemen. There's Noah Jolson in the picture. There's Sergeyev in the picture. What's going to happen with that? Uh, are any of the youngsters going to surprise us. Michael McCarron, Sergachev, etc. That's all a uh, possibility as uh, as well. Rick, thank you very much and uh, nice to hear from you again. Are we done already? Boy, there's so much to talk about in the preseason. Um, it's a pleasure being here. Um, glad to be connecting with, with the uh, our readers again. Um, and I just mentioned that uh, if you want to join our team, if you want to be part of this great uh, All Habs team, we've got contributors all over the world, uh, go to allhabs.net and find the Join Our Team um, link and uh, submit your, your application. We'd be uh, glad to bring you on as part of the team. Uh, covering the Montreal Canadiens, the uh, St. John's Ice Caps, and the Brampton Beast, and all the prospects. Thanks again, Chris. See you next week. Yeah, for sure, it's a great team to join as well. And well, next week, we're also going to find out does Rick like Michel Terrier better now that Chris Muller is <laughs> part of the team. Thanks for listening. My name is Chris G. We're back next Saturday to be on yeah. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.